0: Welcome back season two tip of the spirit leadership, be episode number 43. And today I have a gentleman with me who needs no introduction. I'm sure just about everybody in the fire service knows who he is. has listened to his podcast, seen him on the YouTube, the Instagrams and all other social medias, but we're going to let him introduce himself anyway. (laughs) I have Jeremy Donch with me today from national fire radio, Jeremy. What's up, Please give everybody a quick introduction. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, of course. Happy New Year. This is it, man. Starting off with a bang. Let's go.
0: Yeah. So, Jeremy, you do National Fire Radio. I do Tip the Spear Leadership Podcast. And, you know, you've been doing this for how long now? Uh, National Fire Radio is going to be going on uh, seven years this year. Seven years. And you've been part of the uh, Franken Lakes, New Jersey Fire Department for quite some time as well. Almost thirty years, yeah. Almost thirty, almost thirty years. Um, You know, the goal of today's podcast, and this is kind of why I wanted to dive into you. You have a national, uh, national reach. You you get through a lot of really, really, really good guests. Great firemen. They all love doing fireman stuff. They all love the fire service in general. And you know you go across the country, you, you're going through fire apparatus setups, you're going through different guests, firefighters, officers, chiefs. And uh, something I kind of want to talk to you about, we talked about this a little bit before the recording, which is the goal for today is on the national level, what are you seeing with officers and, and kind of like the pitfalls and you know, what needs to be fixed? You talked about a regional uh, kind of regional thing, some national stuff. Let's get into that, Jeremy. So a lot of
1: like a lot of what we do, right, our reach is pretty broad because we we find ourselves in a lot of different categories. When we first started National Fire Radio, it was a podcast interview, the senior man capturing stories in perpetuity that would be here forever. Right. Because at the end of the day, I was witnessing all these older guys, senior guys, guys, 20, 25, 30, 40, 50 years walking out the door. But the last few years of their career, whether volunteer or career, was disgruntled. They were upset. There was a miscommunication. There was a gap between management and the rank and file. There was, uh, you know, uh, differences in generational values and culture. And so a lot of guys were leaving after a beautiful career, leaving on a bad note. And the last few years of uh, sour attitude because they were frustrated with the system uh, left a lasting impression on those that are supposed to be protecting their legacy for years to come. And so for me, it was important that we captured those stories in perpetuity, which – then would capture the positive the upside of the senior man officers guys that love the job we capture these stories and we put them out on the channels that people are paying attention to podcasts were very uh were were flying it was like you know they were they were becoming so popular and there weren't many in the fire service that represented what we were looking to do and so i think we were probably one of the first consistent podcasts in the space to go after the stories of the senior man and to share those stories. And so I'm very proud of that. And over the years, we've, you know, captured hundreds of stories, but what that does though, is it now puts us in the trenches with those that are listening and people reach out all the time. I mean, every single day, we're getting direct messages, emails, people asking for advice, considerations, thoughts on different topics. And so we've become um, quite involved in the conversation. And um, to me, that's super important, right? But with that comes a, a, a tremendous amount of responsibility. Um, when you put yourself out there, Mike, and I'm sure you're learning this too with your platform, but as you become a personality and people become and get to know who you are and they trust in you, they trust in your community and your podcast and your social media content, there's a, there's a certain level of how you have to hold yourself and hold yourself accountable to the, to the people that trust you. Um, And that's been one of the biggest learning curves for me over the years is figuring that out. But what it's done is it's opened us up to the ability to have conversations with people across the country. And so we start to hear what the trends are. We know what's happening. We know things that are, that are of concern because we're getting the questions and comments or the, the guys looking for advice on how to tackle this, how to manage this, how do I deal with that? And that all matters. And so yeah, man, uh, we're exposed to a lot of it. So there's a lot of issues that are plaguing the fire service right now. We have generational and cultural you know, issues. I think operationally, we're in a pretty good place. I think what's exciting operationally in the fire service in 2024 or going into 24 is that this uh, subculture that we used to say was a, a subculture of those wanting to be better, do better at the craft, if you will. That's becoming more mainstream and understandable. It's being more accepted. It's not a rogue thing anymore. It's okay to love the job again, I think. I think more and more we're getting to a place operationally and tactically speaking. Now, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying by any means that the people that are out there running all of these departments from the, from the, you know, the, the brass down aren't the right people. I mean, there's there's guys that are in positions that don't belong in those positions. There's guys making tactical and operational considerations that lack the education or experience to make those decisions. There's no freaking doubt about that. But what I am saying overall in the grand scheme, the grand scheme of things, the large picture is I think tactically and operationally, it's allowed that this subculture of want to be better is now becoming much more mainstream. That was, you know, that was a battle for so many years. Guys were, you know, uh, had to hide their passion and love for the job. And, And still many have to, you know, to protect themselves on their own job or in their volunteer house, for sure. But I think it's becoming more mainstream and that's exciting for me to watch because I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those subculture guys that I think we need to move the needle and I think we've been doing it steadily and not just we, meaning, me and national fire radio i'm saying nationally guys like you more podcasts more social media platforms that are for positive guys that you know training companies that are pushing the envelope with realistic training these are things that i'm seeing that are fueling the growth of our industry tactically and operationally so i think we're in a i think we're trending really well there and that's exciting to see on the other end a lot of what we're getting though mike is the cultural tradition the the generational gap, uh, the the disconnect between government and the fire department, the disconnect between uh, what you call it, the disconnect between like the the rank and file and the officers, the company officers promoting too quick, all these things. These are the things that we're seeing that are talking topics that are that are actively issues in the fire service.
0: Sure, and I mean, you brought up a lot of really good points, and and there's a few things that I, I kind of wanted to go back on. Um, You know, you talked about well. First off, National Fire Radio is probably the first fire department podcast I really, I really got into. It's one of the first ones I, I found, and I was kind of like, oh man, that's pretty cool. I think the Weekly Scrap started up, um, not too long after you guys did. uh, Good episodes, good shows. um, But again, like you said, there wasn't a whole lot out there. There There's only a handful, and I don't think podcasts really caught on until social media caught on. And I think when social media started getting really big and started really blowing up and people started posting about the fire department solely focusing on whatever and fire service related, once it starts popping in your face more, you're going to start looking at it. It's going to grow and just like anything else. The The only downside about that is it's kind of like YouTube. Anyone can post anything on YouTube, but not everyone is an expert. So you have to kind of filter through and really decide who's doing what. And one of the things that you brought up Was, you know, you said guys like me putting content out there and, and, you know, guys like you and I, you know, wanting to make a difference, leave an effect or pass along communications. And I think one of the reasons why you, um, I would like to say me to a certain extent, and then a lot of other people where, you know, your shows and your word spreads really fast and somehow, some way it's going to get out. Good luck hiding anything because it's going to get out. The fire service is incredibly small, but it people talk, man. There's so much stuff that goes around that I would never thought would get back or get out or get in, whatever. And everyone knows. Everyone. And I think anyone listening that has any time on knows exactly what I'm talking about. So. There was but, go ahead go ahead I was going to say so when it comes to your message if you're you know a guy on a podcast you're an officer you're a senior firefighter and you're saying something but you're doing something else what do you expect to happen you know that's my biggest thing here is is as a leader as an officer you know this is all a brain dump for me this is me getting things out of my head writing it down getting it out and that's kind of what I hope other people take stuff away from is you know, I'm not here to sell you a sticker. I'm not here to sell you a t-shirt. I'm not here to, s- well, I do sell stickers, but I'm not trying to be a complete hypocrite. That's just an idea to try. But the whole point, what I'm making is when someone's trying to sell you something, uh, a program or, or t-shirts or, or all this other stuff, I think the sincerity in their message goes away because if your focus isn't your message, I think you're going to lose people. And I think people can know, they'll notice it and see it. And then subconsciously, you just kind of get put into a category of he's a t-shirt guy. You know, um, there, there's so
1: there's so much here, Mike. Like so right. Okay. Um, so just going back a little bit, legacy. Right? Sure. Talk, it's this is this is a uh it's a it's a very large industry, but it's very small, all in the same breath. Um, yeah. when you take on responsibility for what you're doing, you have to own it. And that is something from early on that was super important to me with National Fire Radio was accepting responsibility for the authenticity of who I am. Stay in your fucking lane, plain and simple. Yep. Right. I'm not out there with National Fire Radio talking about stretching lines, throwing ladders. Uh, you know, I'm talking about things that I know about. I'm talking about things that are important and passionate to me that I can talk about tradition, culture values, bettering yourself. I am the biggest bullshitter in the world because we all have our own issues, too. My firehouse is not dialed in and perfect. I don't say it is. I should take it back. I'm not a bullshitter. What I am is I'm a realist. I talk about optimal things. I talk about things the way we want them, but I have my own struggles, too, personally. Mm -hmm. I have my ups and downs. We all do. Everyone does. Stay in your lane. Yep. Like, guys, we, we live in this world in the firehouse, in the fire service where we do everything to the optimum, meaning when we're training, say it's a volunteer firehouse and we're stretching lines on a, on a work night or whatever it is, wherever you are. Right. We're stretching with a four or six man engine, but your daytime staffing is two or three. We're always working with the optimal where we should work with the minimum. It's the same with the career houses, too, right? We need to focus on realistic opportunities, realistic things that present themselves to us, not paint a broad stroke picture that everything is good and that this is how we operate because this is the way it's written and this is the way it's said. But that's not representative of actually reality. We need to be, we need to, you know, live in a reality. We need to talk about the things that are real and get away from the fantasy and bullshit. And I think a lot of people don't hold themselves accountable. The authenticity for most people is out the window. They see themselves as one thing, but as soon as they go home and close the door and look in the mirror, there's something else. Myself, from day one, it was important that if we were going to build a national platform that had household recognition with the name, and we're going to put ourselves out there, the only way this was going to work is if we were 100% authentic and upfront with who we are, I accept my faults all the time. I put up a post the other day for New Year's Day. It says 2024 goals, do better. I say it all the time on my podcast. Just we can all do better. I don't care if you're at the top of your game. The best professional athlete in the world can always be better. So we need to make sure that we're doing our part to always try to be better. I'm not great. There's so many things I'm not good at. And I don't sit here and tell you that I am. I sit here and just have real conversations. We facilitate a conversation and we let people know that it's okay to fall down. It's how you react to it. It's what you get out of it. We're all going to make mistakes. What do you learn from that? That's the shit that matters. And those are the conversations that so many people are afraid to have. The firehouses do not allow for vulnerability. We're a house full of alphas. We do not want to show any vulnerability to the next guy. And that's part of the issue. I think we're starting to see more of that. Um, I think we're starting to see guys realize that there are, you know, times and circumstances where we need to lean on one another just a little bit more than we used to. Um, And I know that you would agree with that. And so, you know, with that comes the ability then to show some more of your true colors of who you are. But I, you know, overall, man, you're going to take on responsibility. Be who you are. Be authentic. Be true. We're not all perfect. You're not going to be. And I think that the guys that walk around with this chip or this, the guys that walk around with these false personas, they're bullshit artists, but they know it. That's the thing. They know it. And it's, you know, hold yourself accountable. And at the end of the day, like, if you're not in a good place, you're not in a good place. But it doesn't mean that the guy next to you is doing much better. Like, I don't know why it's always got to be a competition. I feel like it's always a competition if this guy's doing well, I can't say I'm not, or if this guy's got this truck, I want that truck, or if this guy's got it's
0: all bullshit. It's all live ego. in your own
1: world, man.
0: It's all ego and you know it's actually i'm gonna jump in real quick. I think it's actually kind of funny and interesting the way you just said that so authenticity authenticity is everything now, and i and by all means, please you know feel free to correct me, but the way when you when I go to work. And when I'm at home, those are two different people. And by that, I mean, I'm not going to talk and act and laugh and joke at home the way I would with the guys I work with. And I think when you have a group of guys that all get it, they all understand what the fire department is. They all want to be there. They all, whether or not they'll say it, everybody has mutual respect through actions over time with consistency they'll respect you. You'll, you'll either got it or you don't. And I'm not just saying that as an officer. I'm just saying that as, as, as you know, on any level in the fire service. So when you go to work, I know Dave can give me a look and I know exactly what he's kind of getting at. So if I'm, yes. you know, if I'm saying something to the effect of like, you know, I don't know, I screwed up, blah, blah, blah. He'll kind of give you a look like, you know, mm, and it's not a, well, it really depends on your situation, but it would be either be a, I get it. Look, you're full of shit. Look, or if he p- pops a joke or makes a comment, you know he gets it. That's his little way of rep- responding to you without saying, um, "You know, it's okay, no worries." You'll say, "Yeah, you're an idiot," but you know what that means. You know that set that what that sentence means. Um, but then when you're at home, what I'm get- the point that I'm making is everyone's going to be different, right? There's a, there's a there's a there's a there's a work Jeremy, and then there's a home Jeremy. There's a work Mike, then there's a home Mike, and and you have to be able to detach and you, and flip that switch and and have them apart when they're apart, they're equally important together. Right. And I, I think what I'm getting at with that is when you have the confidence to speak up and say, yeah, man, I screwed up or yeah, man, I got shit going on at home, knowing you're going to get absolutely smoked. Right. I went through a life changing event, uh, the week of Christmas, nothing bad, very good. Just not something I want to get into on here. And um, I brought it up to my shift. Like, hey, look, this came up. This is what's going on. And there was enough sincerity for them to kind of say to me, for they kind of realize, like, you know, they care, you know, all that. And then that ball breaking started. But that made me feel even better. Because if they break your balls, I think, they understand it. They respect it. They get it. And there's a big difference in messing with you or... You really care about somebody. You're at the kitchen, you know, not the kitchen table, but you're at work. They care about you. They respect you. They like you. And they're going to bust your shit about it. And yeah, but you also have to, you also knew your audience, right? And you have to know your audience too.
1: So, yeah. And something and- else like that you brought up and I want to bridge that gap though, is you Go might ahead. be a different guy at home versus a different guy at the firehouse, but you're still the same person. Why? Because of the core values don't change your delivery Correct. or your salesmanship or your, or, you know, things like that might change. But your empathy, sure. right? Sure. Your values, your morals, your ethics, those don't change. And Character. those are your foundational characteristics as a person that don't change regardless of what hat you're wearing. I wear so many different hats every single day business owner, fireman, father, husband, another business owner. I have multiple business, like all these different things, right? Sure. I have to wear different hats every day. 10 minutes, it might change in my life. And it might be a different delivery or a different way to talk. I'm I'm talking different with you today than I would say a marketing manager for a large manufacturer that I'm doing a marketing and media project for, right? Like I have to I have to conduct myself differently with your audience. So you have to know your audience to know what your delivery is, but never ever sacrifice your core values. Those core values follow you as an individual. Regardless of what hat you're wearing, you can never sacrifice your morals, ethics, and values, and that matters.
0: Sure, and just like at work, and again, I, I'm a leadership guy, work at home, all eyes are on you. Whether they say something or not, they're going to see everything, hear everything, remember everything, whether you do or not as well. And that's something that you need to understand, not you, but the individuals need, the individual needs to understand. You need to understand that what you say matters you know, what you say has, as I posted before on my page, uh, everything will have a ripple effect in a pond. Sure. Some good, some bad, some indifferent. And to touch on what you said about earlier, you know, you're going to screw up, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to burn bridges. You're going to, I mean, I've sent so many bridges up in smoke. It's absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) And just like a, just like a boomerang or, you know, well, Frisbees don't come back, but (laughs) just like, just like a boomerang, it all comes right back. Um,
1: Bro, you know how many
0: people call me an
1: asshole? You know how many people don't like me? And then you know how many people love me? Do you know how many relationships I have that are the salt of the earth? I'm the luckiest guy in the world, and then I have other relationships where I don't value them because it just isn't for me? Like, that's okay. Like, you can't be liked by everybody. You can't do everything for everybody. And that's why you got to know your audience. Surround yourself with the people that are going to boost you up. You talked about you know, coming to your crew, maybe it's not your crew. Maybe you're in a firehouse for guys that are listening or girls that are listening, right? Maybe you're in a firehouse where you don't have that support mechanism in place from your own crew or from the off shift, the, you know, the opposite tour, you know, equal captain, lieutenant chief, whatever it is. And you don't have somebody that you can talk to know your audience. Yeah. Find somebody then outside of that organization that can help you find somebody that understands and appreciates and values you for you. We don't, the, the end all is not the people that you're with every single day. There are going to be people that aren't going to comply. There are going to be people that don't come around. So we talked about operations and training and tactics. We talk about tradition and culture. You're always going to have those guys that are not interested. Sure. Don't waste your time on them. If they're not willing to come along for the ride, let them be a spectator. And then they can join at their pace if they want. If they don't, don't waste your time on them. And, and if you have a full, if you have a full company of that, I get people all the time, like, what do I do? I'm the only guy that wants to do this. The only guy that wants to do that. Do what you do. Don't sacrifice yourself. Don't sacrifice what you believe is right for others. Sure. And see what the ripple effect is, Mike, that you talk about. And sometimes that ripple effect is it goes all the way outside of the pond and it finds its way down the stream to another pond. Sure. Sometimes that's, you have to look.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think you have to, Spread your message to people that are going to appreciate it. You know, it's just like anything else. If if they're not reciprocating, and I'm not saying re- reciprocating as in do something for me because I do something for you, you can tell if your message is being lost 100%. on someone, right? Cut them off. I don't care how much you like them. I don't care how much you respect them, emulate them, whatever. If they're not going to be willing to take the time to at least make a sincere effort to reciprocate, follow, genuine interest genuine you know whatever i don't know the word but if it's not genuine cut them off they're not worth it you know if i want
1: to i just want to take a pause there though because something i want to throw out that i think we're losing more and more of sure salesmanship Sure. yeah so yeah but mike here's the thing right so like we i watch I watch today. I love to sit back and just watch. And I'm watching guys, whether it's in my personal life, my business, the firehouse, my family. I love to just sit back. I'm always the guy that hops up first, typically, or I'm always the guy that's doing something or outspoken or whatever. I've always been that guy. As I've matured and get older, I'm sitting back and I'm starting to watch more. And as I watch, I'm watching who are the ones that are stepping up and who are the ones that are brokering the conversations or trying to sell it. There's, If you have the wrong guy trying to get a message across because he doesn't know how to sell it, even if the message is solid, people are not going to buy. I agree. We have to do a better job and value the importance of being a salesman. We need guys in our fire companies, in our firehouses, in our fire departments, whether it's the chief selling the department to the municipality, to the city, whether it's a captain selling himself to the battalion chief on scene to get his company work, right? We have to sell ourselves. And we're losing, that is one thing in leadership that I think we're losing. You want to talk about that? Leadership? Talk about salesmanship. You have to be an authentic salesman. Know how to politic and sell yourself to get yourself into the positions or make the influence that you can potentially make. And we're losing salesmanship because it takes empathy, skills, compassion, uh, understanding, knowledge, experience. All of those things packaged up make you a better salesman. We need better salesmen, and we're losing that because here's the thing: we can we can have the best matches and we can try to deliver it, but if it's not delivered correctly, nobody's buying.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's all about how you sell it. It's all about the communication. It's how you carry yourself, how you talk, how you walk, everything. And, and one it thing has I've... to be
1: done authentically. It has Authent- to be transparent and true yeah. with no with no idea that there's an alternative motive behind it. And, and it, that's the thing.
0: And I think one of the things that people underappreciate is your salesmanship and your delivery and and the manner in which you could do it is great, and or could be great, and you could be really good at it. But your biggest currency is going to be your reputation and your previous actions. Well part of it. Where you worked. Yep. So I think sell new cars or used cars. Correct. You know and system they use in the vol in whatever volunteer they could be appointed. It, it doesn't matter. But when you, the younger and younger and younger, they, they're doing, or they're getting moved up and promoted and, um, all that is they're losing time or they don't have time. So you're, you're five years, you're a Lieutenant, you've been on a medic unit for two years. You've been in the suppression for three years. And I know you have never put a house fire out and I have 12 years as a firefighter, just a firefighter. And now you're going to come in. And you're gonna try and sell me on department's policy standards and operations, but I know you've never done it. I know that. And then your delivery's trash. I'm not following you. I'm not doing anything with you. Or on the flip side, guy could walk in and go, look, I got promoted quick. Is what it is. I know you have more experience than I do. I wanna start going over some stuff. I want you to work with me on it. And, you know, by all means, please say say something. If you see something, say something. But ultimately, at the end of the day, those people need to understand on the fire ground it's not going to be a dictator, or it's not going to be a democracy, it's a dictatorship. And, you know, you have to do what you're told to do. You have to follow orders. However, and this is the flip side of that, knowing how to sell the fact that you don't have the experience, and I see that very, very commonly um, in an unnamed region of the country that may be an experience of mine, and I'll leave it at that. Um, where I'm seeing more and more, the experience isn't matching the ranks. And, and you have people that mistake luck for skill and rank for experience. And that is not the case. And what, I, what I'm getting at is um, the people that get it, understand it, want to be there, have buy-in, know what they're doing, want to the whole premise of your senior man journal and, and what we talked about earlier with disgruntledness, they're going to see right through absolutely all of it. And over time, if you're not meeting them in the middle with making them or selling it correctly, they're going to just stop buying in and they're just going to slowly, okay, you want to do that? Sure. Okay. Yeah, whatever you say, you're the boss. You got it. And where does that put you as an organization, a department, a crew, or as a leader? Nowhere. Sucks. You're not going to have the buy in. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to be effective as as an officer, as a leader. Um, You know, because when people take. Pride in what they're doing, they have pride and they know they're gonna get, I don't wanna say I'm not saying rewarded, they're not appreciated. They're not gonna fill in those gaps for you. Right. So if you have an officer that's like five years on, three years on, whatever, and you got some time on and you see him kind of walking down a path, I'm like, hey, Mike, come here real quick. Hey, dude, that's not gonna work. Or collectively, we've kind of noticed this, we need you to fix this. But if there's zero appreciation for them or they don't feel like it matters, they're gonna let you fall flat on your face. So embrace, embrace those guys that want to be there. Embrace the, you know, you mentioned the rank and file. A pot of oil, pot of water boils from the bottom. There's way more firefighters than there are officers and chiefs. The fire service at its most generic, basic level is an engine company with a nozzle team. Everything else, the officers, command staff, command officers, Logistics, apparatus, all of that are pure, just support of that basic function. So, you know, it, it all starts from the bottom. And, and I think when I say starts at the bottom, or not the bottom, it starts at the most basic level. When I say that, that's where your leadership journey starts. That where you're, that's where you start when you want to be a good salesman, is appreciating, understanding, and having thorough experience from the lowest level, moving your way up. So as you go up, you know what everyone at a lower level is doing, thinking, seeing, wanting, needing, all that. Yeah, I
1: listen, I'm. I there's, everything there is right. Um, I think though the part of the conversation that we shy away from, we love focusing on the faults or those that are coming up and blaming them. However, it's the sure. system that created it and it's those that have come before them that created this system. Sure. So so as as we promote in the career side or elect in the volunteer side younger guys that might not have the street cred or experience, they're still going to be promoted because we have to fill those spots. So what are we going to do about it? Are we going to sit on a podcast and bitch and moan about it? Or do we find solutions and offer ways to tackle this? And that is to bring it back around. That's what originally I had said was tactically and operationally, I think we're in a pretty good place. Where we are, though, culturally um, and company-wise, that's where the struggle is. It's the management. It's the leadership. It's younger guys coming up, being thrusted into a position. That One, I was, we, did a, we were doing a show down in uh, Texas, and we had a roundtable we were doing after one of the conferences, and uh, Chief Shannon Stone uh, out of Florida said... To the one kid, the one kid stood up, and I give him a lot of credit, man. He was in a room full of peers. He stood up. He's like 25 years old. He said, my fire department's growing leaps and bounds every month. We're opening new. Sta- we're opening five new stations this year, another eight stations next year. I'm exaggerating the numbers, but but the department is the the staggering growth that they're having. Mike, where you and I are, there's not much more growth, right? We're maxed out, right? A lot of it, right? Clear, yeah. So our departments are maxed out. Um, We want more staffing, but we're not growing geographically unless we're taking up other departments or something like that regionally. But other parts of the country is expanding and growing so very fast, right? The Texas market, the housing boom there is out of control. So you have ESDs, right? Emergency service districts that are growing at this unbelievably rapid pace. You can't have a foundation that we all want because the department's growing 100 guys this year, 200 guys next year, and in five years, they're at 1,000 guys. And they're opening up fire stations and buying new equipment. and all. How you how do you scale with that? Experience can't scale with growth, right? So we have to have these people. And this kid stood up, and he said, hey, he's like, I got a question. He's like, uh, I'm a 25-year-old kid. Uh, I just got promoted as a lieutenant. He's, I got, like, three years on the line as a fireman. I was a volunteer before that. Um, I'm a lieutenant of an engine company now he's like and he's like I don't know what to do like not that but he went down the road the conversation the chief looked at him he said well if it's not you who if it's not you who's going to do it another 25 year old kid probably who probably so why feel the same way oh so, so do you feel good about yourself as a person where you are the type of guy you are your morals ethics values yes good Then go out and do everything you can to better yourself for that position, meaning go get more training, go to more conferences, meet more people, network, all these things that make you better, and that will help in your job. But the problem is, is we have a system in place now where this is commonplace. And so the system itself and the guys that are hanging on with 20, 25, 30 years can sit there and point the (laughs) finger and bitch and moan about the system, or they can try to help Tutor and tailor the system. And now I know those guys, because I've had this conversation, are going to be like, yeah, but these young kids don't want the help. They know better. They know everything. Well, the job has changed. Society has changed. Everything is changing. You have to be willing to look at that. And as much as we protect the integrity and the sanctity of the traditions and cultures and values of the American Fire Service, they change over time too. We're at a very interesting crossroads right now in the fire service. We can't allow those that have the street cred and experience to walk away with everything they have while not trying to put it back on the game play, you know, back on the field for the guys that are coming up behind them. And anybody that selfishly leaves this job without trying to give it all back is selfish. Yeah. And they are the reason why the job can fall. We, we need to focus on that. And we need to say, yes, our young leaders need to understand how to communicate. They need to know how to be better salesmen. They need to know, but that comes with time. It's you, the 25 year old kid versus the 60 year old man. It's not just experience in firefighting. It's experience in life.
0: Yeah. Life experience and is so, huge.
1: Yeah. And so it all goes hand in hand and we fault them. We fault these young kids for taking these positions or promoting, but the spots are open. It's not like they're, it's not like they're promoting past guys with all this knowledge and experience. It's, The list, if you want to do well, study, train, be better, get on that list. Or if you're in a volunteer house, do better, represent yourself better. And that coupled with your experience should get you the position. Yeah. But we can't fault people for a system that has set up this, you know, this way of being. And that's what we do because it's easier to point the finger. It's easier to point back, push back, blame the generation, blame the laziness, blame this, blame that. Meanwhile, nobody's willing to look in a mirror.
0: Sure. And, you know, and not to be political, I hate hate politics, but I, I do think it's appropriate for this part of the conversation, well, at least a smidgen of it. Look at the statistics of children in jail or the legal system if there's no father in the home, right? Sure. Look at the statistics of jail and kids going into the criminal justice system when they don't have two parents at home. Or no, that's not, I didn't say that right. When they come from broken homes, right? Whether they're with the dad or the mom, it doesn't matter. If you have a broken home, there's statistics out there for it. The whole point that I'm making is structure is everything. However, I can't stand when I hear people bitch about the way the new generation is or they solely focus their entire life's mission on why the fire service is bad with leadership or why the fire service is you know, not the way it used to be. Well, no, all that. I mean, yes, maybe, but a lot of that is crap. It's because you're not putting the work in when you're the older person to fix it. Is you're it? the ones that
1: created it. Correct. It's the generation
0: before. So you're raising. Correct. You know, my father's
1: eighty, going to be 82 this year. And he, I heard him use the term millennial not too long ago. And I go, do you even know what a millennial is? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> what is the age group yeah. of a millennial? And he's, he just looked at me. And I go, it's so easy to have a catchphrase or a line to blame somebody. Yeah. But I go, you, you potentially have raised them. Your
0: influence influences them. So it's your fault do better. You know, it's funny. I I wish, I wish I could predict the future to know we were going to talk about this so I could get the exact name of the uh, guy in the quote. There's a quote out there and and it's, uh, he's a, he's a reverend. Um, I heard it, I forget where I heard it, but anyway, the quote was, this is what, and this is paraphrased, or this is a a little smidgen of his entire rant, but basically talks about commitment, right? So if you're not committed to a marriage, you're not committed to your business, you know, praying to God does nothing. And I'm not a big religious guy. I'm just, this is just, applicable for the situation i'm with you right you know if you have non-committed a non-committed wife non-committed husband you're gonna have non-committed kids right it's just the way it's gonna be and then he said he said a couple other things but then he said stop yelling and screaming at your kids your kids are a reflection of you this is the same thing why are you gonna cry and bitch and moan and complain about you know, I've heard somebody talk about a lot, oh, well, they just want to do TikTok. They just want to do this. Yeah, well, guess what, dude? You got some time on. Stop them. They're either not going to do it or they're either going to, um, they're either doing what they're doing because one, they don't know any better. Nobody's ever taught them, right? Or they just want to do it. Actually, three things. They don't, they don't know any better. Nobody's taught them and they're doing it on purpose. But if they're doing it on purpose, you stop them and then you handle it. Right. Yeah, But what what are you doing to learn and know about it? Like, are you like
1: that's the thing? It's yeah. generational, right? Yeah. It's like, well, what if you want to learn why they're on TikTok? Are you on TikTok? Ask are them you trying to understand what they're going through or why their attention is there? Maybe okay. you can connect through that if you're willing to put the time in. The problem is, is everybody has become so focused on themselves. And not on the mission or the whole. Everybody walks with their head down, not with their head up. Years ago, people walked with their heads up. Sure. They smiled at people. They looked at people while they were walking. Now we have an environment full of people with their heads down looking at what's in their palm, which is their phone. We villainized the cell phone. Oh, the fire service fell apart when we got cell phones. Meanwhile, that guy the senior guy with 25 years is in the back parking lot on his phone, managing his second and third jobs, (laughs) his second marriage, his kids going through trouble. Yeah. And they're on their phone just as much as the young kid. It pisses me off when people point fingers and they don't look at themselves. Nobody owns their shit anymore. Sure. Everybody likes to blame and not hold themselves accountable. It's not, it doesn't work for them. But
0: I'm going to point it out for you. Sure. It's bullshit. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And, you know, it I do think it needs to be a two-way street. I do think, you know, you can only preach so much to someone if they're not listening. I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to get it. But, you know, as well as I do, there, there comes a point where you have to stop. The salesmanship is great. If you're a great salesman, it's great. But if they're not buying- I said it
1: before, if the ripple effect, if it doesn't work in your pond, you might have to find another pond. Sure. And every pond, and every pond has money. a tributary, right? You know that you can reach people that people said are unreachable. Yeah. yeah. I remember a kid joined my volunteer fire department. A kid came in. He joined my volunteer fire department. I think I was like assistant chief at the time or something. This was like 10, 15 years ago. Kid came in. Police department background check. They come back and they say, listen, this kid's been in trouble at high school before this and that. He's probably not a good fit for your organization. And I looked at the resource officer and I said, maybe it's the perfect fit. I said, maybe he needs some direction. Maybe he needs somebody to work with him on his level of maybe he's bored there. Maybe he needs something with meaning that he doesn't have elsewhere. And yeah. they said, well, good luck with him. And you know what? He turned out to be a dear friend of mine. So- and you know what? From that conversation. It goes to show that if you put the time and energy in, you can make a difference. You're not going to reach everybody, yeah. but people can be reached at some point. When I go to places and we talk on the front apron and I start engaging guys on the front apron and having conversations about the job, the, the older guys always are hesitant to talk. So they hang back and they're in the recliner. And then the conversation's going for 15 minutes and we're laughing. We're telling stories. There's good talk. Then all of a sudden, the guy's pacing the apparatus floor, circling us, right? But pretending he's not listening. And then another 10, 15 minutes go by. Then all of a sudden, 30 minutes in, this guy's, like, behind the circle. And he starts listening. And then all of a sudden, he'll throw a one-liner out. And then next thing you know, I engage him. And I'm like, hey, Frank, why don't you come over here? What? Tell me about this, Frank. And next thing you know, that guy that was in the recliner 30 minutes ago then was circling us is now in the middle of the circle telling stories. And his guys are looking at me going, I've never heard that story before it's engagement. People like engagement. And when it's done authentically, and when it's done without any type of secondary means of wanting something more from the conversation, if it's just an innocent love for the job and a conversation, everybody in the American fire service had the opportunity to choose to do this. Yeah. Volunteer career. You yeah. weren't drafted. So you know what? We all joined it for our own reasons. But a lot of that was the enticement and love for the job and the brotherhood. And so many have lost that. And yet deep down inside, it's still in there somewhere. So we can reach. We can reach those guys that have lost it. We can reach something within them that's still there because they were foundationally built on those values and love for the fire service, we can find that again in them. It might not come out like it was when they were 30 years, you know, 30 years younger, but it still can come out in different ways. And it takes engagement and it takes work. Yeah. Nobody
0: wants to put in the work. Correct. And I think one of the largest pieces of that work that you're talking about is knowing who to listen to and who not and who to let affect you and who not to let affect you.
1: Salesmanship.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of people out there that just whine and complain. They want to be miserable. They want to be negative. They get something out of being negative. Like I'm going to try. It's so it's so easy to put them in line, and it's it, it is. And they with the develop. And we talked to bring it a little bit back. Um, the cell phone and and those things and, and the, the computers and and all that. Um, people get a lot more confidence behind a cell phone and a computer than they would if you're face to face with them, right? 100%. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying violence is an answer. I'm not saying to go do things to people. All I'm saying is it was a much different world when I was 16 years old and I ran my mouth, and, and I'll leave it at this. I got my attitude adjusted. You're, Bro, one of the most humbling guy.
1: things that ever happened to me. Got punched in the face. Kareem Al-Taki knocked me for a loop in 7th grade, 8th grade, 7th grade. Knocked me for a loop. It was one of the most humbling experiences. Sure. I think every single kid needs to be punched in the face i also think every single kid needs to work in a service oriented job waiter waitress gas station attendant bartender something where they work for tips and something where they have to engage people time and time again correct i think those are two things that i think are super important for most kids
0: no i agree because you have to have that interaction you have to have the ability for your actions to blow up in your face and how to recover from them and without good actions without um work ethic and all that, you're not going to get a reward or not a reward. You're not going to get the return that you're looking for. So if you're in a service industry, you're waiting tables and you suck at it. You're, I mean, they're going to pay the bill. They're not going to tip you and you suffer. Whereas if you go above and beyond, you engage them, you look them in their eye, you say, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is. If they offer you a handshake, you shake their hand, you look them in the eye, you give them a good handshake, all that, your tips are going to go up. When your tips go up, your boss is going to notice. You can move up and you know, in your little corporation or whatever, to a different position, make more money, all that. Um, I think it's the exact same way, and I totally agree. Uh, in the fire service, I mean.
1: And, and take it one step further, right? That's the immediate return. Think about the long-term return on, on working in a service industry. You have an appreciation for that job, so that now when you have a family and you take your kids to a restaurant, you're going to treat that server with more respect and dignity. Sure. And you're yeah. not going to talk down to them and you're going to tip better and you're going to be polite and understanding if something goes wrong because you were in that trench. And that's, that's the long-term play. Everybody's looking at the short-term return. I'm a long-term player, bro. Life is a long-term play. As you
0: got older, you've realized that too. You didn't realize that when 100%. you were young. Yeah. That's wisdom and time. And I want to yes. jump in real quick and I apologize for cutting you off. Um, I think that is a huge lesson. And, and, What I'm getting at is, when I was young, you know, you'd listen to the radio, someone screw up on a call, you know, and you'd talk shit about them. But then you get promoted, now you're the officer, and you just absolutely shit the bed on a call. And you feel like the biggest freaking idiot in the world. Realistically... I mean, everybody kind of, once the call is over, they're going to forget about it. Unless you do it every single call, then they're not going to forget about it. But the point that I'm making is how many times, and you said you've been in chief before, so I'm sure you've gone through the ranks and stuff. How many times as you, or as you got older and you started listening to more calls and you heard somebody do something stupid, say something stupid, or make a mistake, say something that wasn't correct, or just did something dumb, and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, and and you watch and listen to people talk shit, and you're kind of like sitting there thinking to yourself, yeah, mm, I'm not going to say a damn thing because I know oh, what that feels like and I know what just also, happened to them. I'm out. I'm not saying a word. I'm also,
1: I'm also a totally different guy. I was yeah. a young fire officer. I was in the volunteer house. I was a young fire officer. I was a young fire chief. I thought I knew everything and had the, had the world by its balls. And now I understand and realize that I didn't know jack shit back then. I didn't treat people the way they should have been treated. I wasn't as open-minded as I should have been. And I would be a much different chief today at four. I'm going to be 47 this month. I'd I'd be a much different chief today than I would be than I was back when I was 27, 27, 20 years ago. I was chief of the department, 27 years old, totally different guy. And I've been in meetings where guys look at me and they go, you would have never said that when you were chief. And I go, no shit. It's called maturity, Pretty Sure. right? It's called experience, like you learn and grow. And I think that's important to remember, right? When we point fingers and we look at this newer generation, these younger guys, oh, they lack experience. Oh, this, oh, that. Yeah, we were there too. And we would have taken opportunity like they did if the opportunity was presented to itself. And some guys did early on and some didn't. But at the end of the day, the jobs need to be filled. We need people in those positions and we need to give them every single tool they can have to do their job and do it well. Sure. And, and instead of pointing fingers, calling names and, and making a spectacle of today, why don't we double down and work harder to make them better? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I'm, a, maybe I'm living in this pipe dream. Listen, I know there's plenty of guys volunteer career that don't give a shit. They're there for the wrong reasons, and they, and they don't care, and they can't be helped, and I understand that. That's in any profession. Sure. It's like when the cops got a bad rap years ago. It's like 0.03% of cops are, are terrible. Yeah. That are in it for the wrong reasons, that aren't there to help people, and that are there for selfish reasons or are racist or whatever you want to call it Sure. Them. But that takes over the stigma of who police have become, and, and society reacted. Yeah. It's an overreaction to a very, very small group. Any profession, there's good accountants and there's bad accountants. There's good attorneys, there's bad attorneys. There's good doctors, there's terrible doctors. It's any profession. What we need to do is take the whole, look at who's good and who's bad, and then you have that middle group. The middle group can come along and join us in the good. But let's focus on the good and stop focusing on the bad. The bad is a small group. And when we put all our focus to the small group and not to the greater whole that can push this job ahead, we lose. Stop focusing on the losers. Start focusing on the winners and or focus on the average and double down on the winners. Because the winners will bring this job ahead and the average guys can become winners. Losers will never become average and never become winners because they just don't want to.
0: Wow. That was... A very, right? very impactful statement. I, I man, I, I don't have a response to that. That was freaking awesome. And and I, think I mean, a let's lot of go! a lot of what you're saying though, um, and it's kind of interesting the way you said it. I mean, it's just there's nothing I can say to highlight or hallmark that. I mean, that was that was absolutely perfect. Uh, what I do want to say though is you talked about the little bit of percentage when it comes to the police, and this will come. This is kind of the way it is across the board, especially as as fire officers, chiefs, and all that um social media is a gigantic thing and when they focus on the negative all you're going to see is the negative what you don't see what you don't see is a ton of people highlighting and doubling down on these freaking awesome fire officers we have these awesome leaders we have it is out there don't get me wrong but it is not out there as much as people whining bitching and complaining it's not out there as much as guys creating podcasts and shows and I'll tell you all these things to sell t-shirts they're not, that's what they're doing. It's everyone's in it for themselves for the most part. You know? I think one, I think one of the, I think one of the
1: most incredible conversations I had, and I didn't realize until a friend of mine brought this to my attention. There are amazing firefighters in this country that you'll never hear from. Correct. Because they don't spend their time on social media because it's not conducive to them being better or good at what they are or who they want to be. Sure. And those are the ones that we need on social media and so what we have to do is create a safe haven or a place for them to share their experiences now more than ever the scumbags and trolls need to go away and we can do that they can listen when i started our platform starting putting myself out there every single day i had more trolls and 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 hate than you could possibly imagine
0: they were oh i they know were
1: pages <laughs> there were dedicated <laughs> yeah. national jerk off radio yeah. national yeah. Oh, radio radio shit, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely comical. But think about the fucking losers that those guys are that took time out of their personal life to put up hate pages against a guy they don't even know or a page that's trying to do better for the job. These guys are absolute losers. Yeah. They're not winners because winners don't spend the time to do shit like that. What we need to do is create an environment where winners win. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's what you're trying to do, right? Is let's put out a channel, a platform, and content that represents the best of the job. And that gives those home run guys, the guys that can push this job forward, give them a voice. Give them a place to have a voice. Put them out there and get them out there so they don't have to deal with the bullshit and the losers that are out there that are looking to tear everybody down. If you think your opinion matters on social media, it does not. Mine doesn't. Yours doesn't. Right. You have to take and be influenced by those that you want to be influenced by. And then you package that up and you're not going to agree with everything that Mike Nasty says. You're not going to agree with everything that Jeremy Donch says, but you can take nuggets away from it. There's things you're not going to like and there's things you're going to like. And that forms who you are. But to leave a comment that is not beneficial or promoting the betterment. What's the point? Yeah. It's to hear yourself talk. It's to bring attention to yourself and you're a fucking loser.
0: Right. And you know, I think when you put the right message out there, the right people are going to find it and they're going to take the right things away from it. So trying to think of how to say this, you don't have to change everyone in the world. You don't have to create a crusade, but I got to tell you, I had somebody reach out to me and I've been doing this for a year. And that person was like, look, dude, your podcast and all that, I felt like you were just like me. And the, the, the U-turn that you're the 180 that you did and, you know, all that really made a big difference for me. And, and I got to tell you, I got promoted. And I, I have to tell you that I think a lot of it was from listening to your podcast, reaching out to you. And I talked to this guy pretty regularly. Hey. And I mean, quite frankly, nothing else. I mean, do you know what that, not do you know what that feels like, but like that's a success. If I could grab one person and hopefully make a difference in their life through this, it's a success. You know, the individual, the effects one individual can have is unmeasurable. Well, I mean, maybe it is a little measurable. But anyway, wow. that, that didn't make any sense. But what I'm I, saying is, I, I, I live this. If you think about it, again, it's the ripples in the pond. Like, I think th- there's numbers out there, and I'd have to find it, but I'm not going to right now. And I'll probably add it in the description. But um, there's numbers out there of how many people you meet in your lifetime right? And how many people those people meet in your lifetime and the reach. So if I were to grab one person and make a difference in his life, and he went out and was able to make a difference in someone else's over time, the amount of people that reaches is astronomical, you know, of course, because um, it's not going to be just one person you reach out, especially if you're doing this for the right reason. As I said, if you're putting out the right best the right people will find you and all the trash and shitty people are just going to be off to the wayside doing something else. I welcome the trash. I welcome the haters. You know why? They make me better. Oh, absolutely.
1: They push me to want to be better. Because here's the thing. At the end of the day, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. I'm very comfortable with who I am. And never once have I talked out of church or put myself in a lane that I didn't belong in. And that's the thing. That is mission critical when you do something like this is understanding who you are and where you belong. I will yeah. not insert myself into conversations or places that I don't belong and that my pedigree or experience doesn't allow me to be. In. Sure. But so many people think they can take permissions anywhere they want, and those are the ones that get chased out. Because when you don't know who you are and you try to go down all these different lanes and
0: you try to be everything, you're nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be great at any one thing. Sure. And I also like it, and I'm going to jump in here real quick. I also like it when people try and tell you how to think and feel about about a certain topic and they're not an expert, right? Like when you talk about, I don't know, mental health.
1: Yeah, but what's an expert?
0: Right. Exactly. You talk about mental health. Well, what makes you an expert about mental health? You talk about fitness. What makes you an expert on fitness? You talk about leadership. What makes you an expert on leadership? Oh, well, I've been an officer for nine years. I've been in the right. fire service for 22 years. But that's what I'm saying. You understand what I'm getting at? Like, people- Oh, I, here. I want to. I so I keep notes in my phone. Sure. <laughs> yeah, <and> go ahead. <laughs> I, have, I have
1: pages and pages and pages. But this is this one to me. Um, intellectuals, right? Mm-hmm. Intellectuals never have to be right. Because intellectuals can be right all the time because they never had to get in the trenches to prove it. Yeah. It's theory. We have so many people that are intellectuals, quote unquote. They can bring so much to an article or to a podcast. Mm -hmm. But have they lived it? Are they in the trenches or is it theory? Intellectuals, you can in any, in science, in in medicine, in math, anything. We have intellectuals. And they can always be right because their stuff doesn't get put to the test. It's just theory
0: opinions can't be proven wrong because they're opinions that's it you know um, so when you break that so
1: when you break that down it's an interesting conversation in the fire service yeah,
0: I'm, for sure i mean again yeah exactly and it, it also comes down to a matter of you know taking the time to put that work in as well right everybody wants a quick payoff though nobody really wants to put in that work and what i could tell you from my personal experience is you know experience is is that recognizing something needs to be fixed or rectified. Like when I was a new officer, I sucked, and I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Over time, I realized, man, God damn it, I need to fix something. And then it took a long time to work on it. The next lesson was nine years, almost nine years looking back is, wow, it worked some of it worked, some of it didn't really work. And then you greatly appreciate the highs. And then you kind of, you know, there's peaks and valleys, right? So in, at your, you appreciate the peaks, you're humble about the valleys, and then you continue to work to hopefully get back to the next peak. Cause you're only, your next, your next valley is right around the corner. And it's going to happen whether you like it or not. And what I learned is as I get older, taking time to reflect and being able to recognize and appreciate when you have done well and come far, I think that's a lesson in itself. And and then I think where I'm at now as a company officer is maintaining that level. And, and I think what I'm getting at is every day is a buy-in. Every call is a buy-in, right? You have to continuously, I don't want to say continuously prove yourself because I think once you get to a level, they're going to respect you or they're not, but you have to continuously pay into that bank of leadership. You have to continuously, every day, take it. Situation in the firehouse by situation, call by call, how you walk into the firehouse, how you carry yourself, how you dress. Everything is a continuous buy in. However, that continuous work and those things being on your mind need to be balanced with enjoying yourself, being humble, loving the fucking job. It's okay. No matter how many podcasts and pages want to tell you the new generation's ruining it, no. This job is cool. It is fun. I like to work. Fires are great. It's okay to say those things. It's okay to ignore the negativity. There's going to be negativity everywhere. And I think the reason why the culture shifts is because now the culture can be anywhere at any time in the palm of your hand. That's what I think. What do you think about that? I think the
1: hardest, I think the hard, one of the hardest tenets of... Leadership is consistency.
0: Yes. God, yes. <laughs> yes.
1: You know, I mean, that's, that's basically what you had just said. That's wrapped up with a bow, right? Sure. Consistency is probably one of the hardest tenets of leadership. And, I, and it has to do with maintaining a the same every time. Yes. Because a lot of times when we have to be consistent, it's tough when you think about working out. It's hard. When you think about diet, it's hard. Why is it hard? Because it has to be consistent. You don't see results unless you're consistent. If you don't do your sit-ups, you're not going to get abs. If you're not eating you know, a, a low-carb, high-protein diet with fruits and vegetables, whatever you want to say, you're not going to maintain the weight or lose weight. It takes work, but work is only as good as the consistency that you put in with it. And that's the same with leadership. And that's the same with how you conduct yourself in a relationship. You have to be consistent. Disciplined. And when and and with consistency comes responsibility. Yep. It you know, and and that's the thing. And it's like at the end of the day, when we're self-serving and we're in it for ourselves and not the mission, the the chance of being consistent is not as good. Yeah. Because when you're in it for yourself. You're self-serving. And so whatever the situation whatever the conclusion is at that time in your life is based around based on who you are and not what the mission is. And so when we take consistency out of it and we become self-centered, consistency is removed and we lose. Yeah. And the more cons- when mission When you're mission focused, that's how you know you can be consistent because ultimately every decision being made is done for the betterment of the mission and not yourself.
0: Yeah. I apologize for cutting you off when you're still making your no, point. No, um, But I do think there's something I want to tie into that a little bit as well is through consistency over time comes authenticity, right? Sure. So if you want to run calls and put your gear on today, and then next shift if you don't put your gear on for anything, or you bang out sick because you just don't feel like coming to work, which I mean, we all, we all are there sometimes. And, you know, nice little mental health day doesn't hurt anybody. But the point that yeah. I'm making is if you are continuously a certain way about something every time and you don't change, you become authentic, good and bad, right? Sure. But I, sure. I did- we all have, we, listen, we all have our tics.
1: Sure. I mean, there are, there are things that I do every day. I love to sometimes bite my nails, like pick up my nails. That's just something, it's a habit of mine. I've had that for 46 years. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I'm trying to be better at it and being conscious of that. Right. Sure. But that's one of my little, like, not, I don't really get nervous, but it's one of more of my, like, nervous tips, if you will. Yeah. 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 I'm on a podcast and I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can feel it, like, building up my fingers. yeah. not by, but like, just pick yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Like, my nail. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's, just, it's one of those things. And, like, I'd love to be better at that. I'd love to not do that, right? So we all have our ticks, and we have co- consistency is good and bad. Sure. And as long as you're aware of that, you can try to focus to change it, right? right. And then that takes discipline, which you mentioned before, right? Mm-hmm. And so on. I think, though, anything in the fire service we talk about, whether it's leadership, whether it's, uh, you know, um, I love where guys share the tips, tricks and hacks on how they wear their equipment or how they operate or um, how they use, uh, you know, how they position with a thermal imaging camera on doing a search, like all these things. But I'm talking like detail oriented shit. This is how I wear my light box. This is how I wear my handy talkie, like those things. I love when guys share that. And then it's always I always do this. There's there's an important part of that conversation. It's I always do. I always wear my light box this way. Why? Because when the shit does hit the fan, or I have a knife on on my radio strap, I wear my radio outside or inside my coat, whatever it is. But I always do. I always do. That way we know that if we get jammed up, I'm always this way. I know where my cutters are. I know where my knife is. I know where my light box, you know, releases. Like, all these things. Because I always and consistently do it. That's important in the fire service. I was, we we just did a project. Uh, we're doing this calendar project. And every month we're putting out a new apparatus with uh, Fire and Safety Services, one of our clients. And Lakewood, New Jersey, they designed their apparatus to pull hose one way. Our hose, our nozzle man, and our backup are trained in one way. This is how we pull hose. Done. That's it. One way. Because they run a leader line with a reducer down to an inch and three quarter, and they estimate their stretch, and they pull off the rear. There's no crosslays, and then they have a bumper line for bullshit fires. But when they're stretching on a structure, it's coming off the same bed, the same way, every single time. Consistency. Sure. That becomes muscle memory. That becomes the same Every single time. And now we have a structure in place, too, where we can hold people accountable when we have consistency and it's taught and trained and written that way. We could then hold people accountable. I think one of the biggest issues in the fire service is we have all this stuff in black and white, and yet the fire service is 100 percent gray. Yeah. And so now one day it's okay to do it this way but the next day you turn a bl- you know you turn a blind eye to it today and tomorrow your the b- company boss comes down on you and says you know your shirt's not buttoned or tucked in or you're you know you're not doing this or in a volunteer house you know you you know you should have cleaned up or whatever it was right yeah. One day it's okay the next day it's not well then that's not fair Yep because the guys that are being punished or admonished or disciplined for something that one day was fine and the next day it wasn't your job as a leader, as a boss, as a mentor, you're not being consistent with your people in the message. That's being consistent with the mission. If that's what the mission is, it's it's consistency. If it's about yourself and you're self-serving, there's no consistency.
0: Sure. You know, it's funny. I had an interaction with an individual one time just to touch on this a little bit. And I guess anybody that knows me and, you know, we'll get a chuckle out of this as well. But... To tie, you know, to kind of put a story to it, you ever have it where you do a certain thing on a certain incident and you get absolutely smoked for it? And then the comment of, you know, normally I don't mind that happening, but this time it can't happen because of X, Y, and Z. And it's just, you're just kind of like, right. well, wait a minute, what? Then why are you yep. saying anything to me at all? You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, because they got to point blame because they can't blame them shorts. Sure. Sure, or... or- they, created, they created an environment that allows for something like that to happen, but the good thing about it is when you're a middle manager, you have a fall guy. If you have somebody below you, yeah. you can point the finger every single time, yeah. and you don't own it, and you don't
0: take accountability for it. Sure. That's the bullshit that's killing this Sure, job. and, the, and my, favorite, my, favorite, or the, my favorite part about that is that's not an operational thing. I mean, anyone with a decent amount of time on the job is going to see that in all kinds of things not just on calls in the firehouse how you interact with people how you react to people how you react to citizens all those things you know i mean it's just like a parent that i mean that's what you are as as a, as a as a leader you're you're a parent you know you take care of them you teach them you hold them accountable you encourage them you guide them you know you treat them with respect they treat you with respect you reciprocate everything that you receive you and you lead by example by trying to be the best version of yourself for when all eyes are on you, they have somebody worth looking up to, in my personal opinion. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, th- Jeremy, I think this is going to be a pretty good place to end this. Um, we're we're sure. winding down. Uh, before we go, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you wanted to touch on, anything you want to re- revisit or elaborate on you may have not been able to get out? Just do better. Do better.
1: We all have room for growth, right? Personal growth is important, and our personal growth will push this job forward. And if you got a guy that is struggling or you got a guy that's middle of the road where one day he's being pulled in one direction and the next day he's stellar, grab him, pull him to the side, and make him stellar. Bring him along for the ride. I think the best thing we can do, and this is to reiterate what I was talking about before, the best thing we could do now more than ever is walk with our head up, not with our head down. I like that. Look at people, look at people, smile at people, engage people, And treat people like you'd like to be treated. And I know a lot of people are introverts. Like introvert is probably one of the most used words I've ever heard lately. When I was growing up, I didn't even know what an introvert was. Like it was no such thing. And now everybody's an introvert, right? No, it's a fucking excuse. It's an excuse.
0: I agree.
1: Get yourself out there. Put yourself out there. The fire service is a customer service job. I'm not saying we have to go out there and be the kindest guy to everybody every single second of the day. I'm not Alan Brussini. That's not what I'm promoting. What I am saying is that it is a customer service job. People call us because they need help. And so we go. And whether it's a water leak, a gas leak, a lockout, or a structural fire, we're there to help those people. We can get our own gratification out of it, our own wants and desires, and to push ourselves to be better. I mean, that's part of why we all do it. It's to test ourselves, to make us better too. It's the team. It's all of it. But at the end of the day, it's customer service. Absolutely. 100% focused customer service. People want to know who we are. And we need to be out there, out front, educating people about who we are. And that also goes with our own people that are riding backwards, especially being a leadership podcast, right? The guy sitting to the left of you, if you're the boss sitting in that front seat, you're the leader. The guy sitting to the left of you, and then the crew behind you riding backwards. Be true to them, be consistent, keep the mission focused. It's not about you, it's about the mission. And if you find yourself straying from that, Refocus and think about why you got into this in the first place. We all had that love from day one that got us here. And if you've lost track of that, I can understand that. We all go. It's peaks and valleys. Mike, you said it before. We all have the highs and lows of the job. And if you're in a low right now, remember, there can be a high. So try to get yourself back there. And whatever that looks like, whether you need outside help or a company that represents who you want to be or you need, you're looking for a boss that would treat you better, whatever it is, it's available to you. You just have to go find it. Put in that work, get back to the highs and love the job and remember why you were here in the first place. And I think we're gonna be in a better place. It's not perfect. It's never gonna be perfect, but I promise you back in the fifties, sixties, and seventies, the heyday, the seventies and eighties, it wasn't perfect then either.
0: I agree. And also I think so let's go get it, I agree. Let's go. And get I think it. everyone listening to this needs to rewind this podcast back the last two minutes and listen to what you just said and listen to that probably three or four more times. You know, Jeremy, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think you far exceeded any expectations I had of what we would talk about today, and, and, and cool. I can't thank you em- enough,
1: bro. This Sincerely, is, and that's, bro. That's the thing. That's this is this is who we are. Sure. So why aren't we talking about this? Let's talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Right. No, I and I and I, but that's what I challenge people for is conversations like this. I don't mind being a guy out there talking like this, but I'd love to hear more of you do it too. Yeah. I'd love to hear, and that's why for me, I'll be honest, Mike, I don't mean to take up any more of your time, but this is why on my podcast I, could, I can interview anyone I want for the most part. I'm not being obnoxious with that, but like we've created a reputation and, and we know a lot of the play. I mean, I, but there's guys like Corley with, with the weekly scrap and the salty dogs do all the New York city guy, the big names in the city and stuff. Legends. I'm fine with that. I love talking to just regular dudes that are in regular departments because they're relatable to the listener. Yep. And every single, everybody has something to bring to the table when we talk about the job. And as long as they're looking at the job as the mission first and they're in love with it, they have something to share. And that's important to me. And I think we need more people talking about the good. Stop focusing on the bad. Stop focusing on the 8%. Focus on the 92%. Sure. And we gonna win.
0: Yeah. And to tie that together and, and, we're, and don't go anywhere real quick, so I'm going to start to close this out. Um, you know, I look at it as a puzzle. Right, Not everybody can be a corner piece, but you can't finish a puzzle without every piece. It doesn't work. The full picture will not be in view. The full picture will not be complete, and you won't finish your goal of completing the puzzle, whatever that puzzle is. So, uh, Jeremy, thank you again. Uh, you know, I can't, you it, I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, what? What is a... How can people reach you? I know you probably have a podcast out there maybe, and we'll add some national fire radio. We're on all the players, okay. social media and so on. All right. Awesome. We're going to appreciate it. Man. That's no problem. We're going to add all those links into the episode below. Happy new year, everybody. Thank you for coming back. Please like subscribe and share, share with your friend, leave us a review. Five stars are our favorite. We're really looking forward to this, uh, this year. Um, we are about to hit our one year anniversary as tip of the Spear leadership podcast. And,
1: Congratulations. Thank you.
0: Um, it's been quite a journey and absolutely none of this would be possible without you all, the listeners, the support, and most of all, um, my guests. You all are absolutely amazing. I can't thank you enough for your time. Um, so, Jeremy, thanks again, man. What's right, man? And Happy New thank Year. Thank you. Happy New Year. And uh, everybody check out National Fire Radio if you haven't already. And uh, you guys have a great day. Keep looking forward to hearing back, seeing you back at our podcast, and uh, look for more episodes.
1: Get the next one.